Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. How embarrassing is, is this government? How embarrassing are the people who lead this country right now? We have a little special tonight, and we're calling it the Three Stooges, because we really have some of the least capable, worst people in the country leading the country. And it is hard to wrap your mind around how we got here. I don't know if you struggle with this at all, but I'll be honest with you, I do. I have these moments. I try, I try to get away from politics when I'm not doing TV or radio. It's because I do so much of it. I like to make sure I'm doing other things. Just step away every now and then. But sometimes I'll be sitting at home. Maybe I'll be browsing the news on my phone. Maybe I'll, be, maybe I'll be watching the first, all the great programming on the first, but just catching up on some news. And I'll think to myself, I just have this private moment where I'll say, how is it possible that a country with 330 million people, a very educated nation, remember, our literacy rates and things like that, very educated nation, 330 million people, and it's Joe Biden and Jill Biden and Kamala Harris 
they're running the country? What did we do? And I don't want to get too heavy, and I'm not going to get sidetracked on this really here, but we did elect these people. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that so crazy? I mean, if you don't count the whole cheating thing, but we're not going into that right now. So we got the three stooges. Let's, let's just talk about the man at the top for a moment. Let's, well, just watch Joe and Jill. And now I'm happy to take some questions, and I'm told I should start with AP Zeke Miller. Zeke, you have a question. Didn't recognize you the mask on. I apologize. Why does the president of the United States of America, why is he told to call on anybody? He is the commander-in-chief. He's the boss. He's, he's, he's the guy at the top. Why is he being told to call on anybody? Who is telling him? Why aren't any of these reporters out there who brag about speaking truth to power, why aren't they curious about who exactly is telling the president who to call on? That's one. Two, he has no cards. Our president is so incapable of basic thought, they not only tell him who to call on, they give him note cards so he'll make sure he doesn't mess up the name and publication. This one is uh, uh, Zeke, Zeke Miller. That's who they told me to call on. That's the president of the United States of America. And you know what sucks? It's kind of a running gag, kind of a running gag that Jill takes care of Joe. Is that putting it nicely? Takes care of Joe, covers up for Joe. Remember when they first got elected? Well, I say they because well, we'll get to that in a second. When they when he first got elected, and they did all these interviews together, they were always sitting together, and no one elected Jill Biden to anything. Nothing. You're the fire, you're the first lady. Go go read to some school kids or something. Why are you doing interviews with Joe Biden? He was the one elected, not you. And it sure seems like she's running things, doesn't it? I tell you what, I would like to learn it. Let's see that book come again. Gosh. Remember? Remember when she scolded him? Remember he's standing in front of the troops? Or the, the commander-in-chief, he's standing in front of the troops. And I realized it was playful, but remember when she scolded him about not paying attention? I don't want you to stand for <laughs> Joe, pay attention. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't think that's funny. Why is our president such an incapable bumbling fool that he has to get scolded like a child by his wife. And let's talk about his wife for a moment because, oh, she's part of this Three Stooges thing. And no, I'm not pulling any punches on it. I have some very strong thoughts about Jill Biden. How could you let your husband go through that? Joe Biden. I don't know what's wrong with him. Senile. Alzheimer's, dementia. I know the people I talk to who are very sharp on these things say the dementia thing is very, very real. 
That's why you don't see him at night. That's why he walks the way he walks with that weird shuffle and the stiff arms. They, they, look, I'm not going to go into all that, but let's, let's set aside whatever the specifics are, what Joe Biden has. He has something, even if it's just old age, but he has something. Now, let's remember, let's remember, Joe Biden is the president of the United States of America right now. That is the most stressful job on the planet. If, if it's not, it's one of them. You ever look at any of those old internet pictures where they do the before and after of when someone was president? This is George Bush before. This is George Bush after. Barack Obama, this is Obama before. This is Obama after. And they look like they've aged about 50 years in the eight years they're president. That's because when you're president of the United States of America, the stress never stops. And stress ages you worse than cigarettes. The stress never stops. It's a 24-hour-a-day job. You got to give a speech here. We're going to do a fundraiser here. You got to sign this executive order here. You got to meet with Congress. We need you to fly to Europe. You got to fly to Japan. You got to drone strike these, these kids in Afghanistan, Joe. Don't think I forgot about that. You have to do it. It's nonstop all the time. Do you know people who have dementia and, and older people when they're struggling with things like this? You understand they need rest and calm and care, right? They'll even play soothing music for them. They just, they need to be in a calm, restful, stress-free environment. So back to Jill Biden. You're his wife. How are you allowing this to go on? These are Joe Biden's twilight years. Not wishing any harm on the man, but he's 80 and Father Time's undefeated. These are his twilight years. You're Jill Biden and you're letting your husband spend his twilight years killing himself? I, is that too far? Because, I mean, as much as I dislike Joe Biden, I don't want any harm to come to the man. This job has the potential to kill him. You have an old guy going through it like that, and you're putting him in the meat grinder of the office of the presidency? And Jill, I've got to ask, Why? Is it that nice to be first lady? Is that it? How am I supposed to take it any other way? And remember, Jill and Kamala Harris hate each other. They absolutely despise each other. And we have Jack Posobiec coming up soon to discuss that, but they hate each other. And for people who want to know why, where all that began, well, there was this little moment in the debates, and apparently Jill uh, did not let it go. It's personal, and I was actually very, it was hurtful to hear you talk about the reputations of two United States senators who built their reputations and career on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. So here's the thing. We think about these people as just TV characters, because you just watch them on TV. But they're flesh and blood human beings. When you stand up on stage in front of Jill Biden and call Joe Biden a Klansman, 
Jill Biden is going to remember that. I doubt Joe remembers it because Joe doesn't remember what he had for breakfast, but Jill Biden is absolutely going to be remembering that. And Jill Biden and Kamala Harris apparently are now at each other's throats. And let's pause. And speaking of throats, let's talk about Kamala Harris. Um, I think we forget about this probably because we want to. I, I know I do. I mean, I talk about politics for a living and I forget about this little tidbit. She's very likely going to be president of the United States soon. I mean, all the rumors in D.C., and all I have are rumors. I don't have anything concrete. I don't know that anyone knows. But the rumors are they're going to toss poor Joe out the back of the White House right after the midterms. Kamala Harris is about to be president of the United States of America. President Dome, can you believe that's where we are as a country? I tell you. It is going to be a, a rocky four years. All right. We got Jack Basovic c- coming up next. He has a bunch of inside baseball stuff on the feud between Jill and Harris. We'll talk about it. Hang on. Joining me now, my friend Jack Posobiec. His Humid Events Daily podcast is just murdering it out there. So big congrats to Jack as we welcome him in. Jack, why are so many people listening to Humid Events Daily? It's certainly not your looks. Well, it's probably because not only, as you say, I'm not just eye candy. It's simply the (laughs) fact that I'm better at podcasting and news than just pretty much everybody out there. That's fair. That's fair. I like it. I, I appreciate that humility. All right. You've been dropping stuff out Thank there you. about yeah, so Jill Biden. <laughs> I do that. I've always known that about you. You've been dropping stuff out there about Jill Biden investigating the removal of Kamala Harris. Now, I know they don't get along, especially since Kamala knifed Joe Biden in the ribs at that debate, but there's not getting along, and then there's trying to remove her from office. What's happening? So you're basically in a situation now where there's two administrations in the White House. There's the Biden administration, which is effectively run by Jill, right? Remember this under Woodrow Wilson, the last year of his presidency, he had suffered nervous breakdown and his wife was basically running the show. You've got that with Jill right now. But yeah, he's there. He's kind of doing his little farewell tour. He's yucking it up with the Pope. He's going around to Glasgow, but nobody cares. Nobody's saying, oh, can I get a meeting with Joe? Let me take a selfie with Joe Biden. It doesn't happen, right? Jill's the only one left standing because she doesn't really have a choice at this point. So Kamala knows that it's time to make her move. She wants to be behind that desk in the Oval Office. Jill knows that Kamala's coming for it. So Jill says, all right, how do I get rid of Kamala? Is there a way to do this? Is there a process? Does the 25th Amendment apply for the vice president? And yet probably, but then at the end of the day, if you're talking about the 25th Amendment, I'm pretty sure there's only one person that the cabinet is going to call that in for. And it ain't Kamala. It's Joe. Okay, so let's talk about that portion of it. Let's say, obviously, Kamala, she drips ambition anyway. It's been, it's been the hallmark of her entire career. She'll do whatever it, whatever it takes, quite literally, to whatever get ahead. She wants to, be, she wants to be president. That doesn't sound like it's something that's politically viable, though, right? Even if Democrats are unhappy with Joe Biden, there's no way they're going to stand up for an unpopular vice president knifing him that bad, right? No, but see, here's how it would go. Here's how it would look. 
Kamala wouldn't come out publicly and do the 25th Amendment. What she would do was she would wait until she gets some kind of you know medical diagnosis or some kind of test, something happens. She gets her hands on it, goes around to the cabinet, says what it is. Then she goes to Jill and says, Jill, we can do this the easy way or we can do it the hard way. And we'd all much rather do it the easy way, keep your legacy intact, say, oh, we got a heart murmur, and you know what? It's for the good of the country, it's for the good of the family. I've had 50 years, yada, yada, yada. I'm gonna be spending time over in Rehoboth, Delaware, where if you know anything about the reputation of Rehoboth, Delaware, it's a fun town, it's a fun town. And, uh, and instead, so that it'll be more of a presidential resignation. And then Kamala is, well, you know, I never expected this. A little girl like me from from California going all the way to the the big white house never i never saw it coming but and, and i just love the fact that hillary clinton must be watching kamala just just rubbing her hands getting ready to sit behind that desk knowing that hillary wanted her entire career to be the first female president and now because of history being the way it is it looked in a total accident of history it looks like it's going to be kamala harris all right, Jack, you obviously have, I mean, we've been talking about 25th Amendment and Kamala and things like that. Uh, people all have their own theories on when something like this might happen. And the common one I hear, honestly, it's the one I believe, although I don't have sources like you do, after the midterms. But why wait until after the midterms when Joe Biden is less popular than Kamala? Well, so the idea is that they want to go to the midterms to say that he at least served two terms of a presidency. But what it also then sets up, if you look at the Presidential Succession Act, then that would mean that if Kamala Harris in that uh, position becomes essentially acting president, she would only be acting president for two years. She would not serve out the majority of a term that would have been served out by Biden. What that would then do is enable her to be able to run two full terms after that for essential. Now, I'm not saying any of that would actually happen. I don't think I think she'd be slaughtered in a general election. If she were ever actually put up, she would win probably as many votes as she did in the primary, which was zero. Um, but she would be looking at it from a perspective of if we do it this way, then I can be in office for 10 years. Oh, gosh, that I shudder to think about that. OK, well, let's look, let's just keep going with this. She's not popular. Let's assume it is her sitting behind the, the resolute desk by the year 2024. What are your options if you're the Democrats? You don't have a young, popular Democrat out there that I'm aware of, right? Who Castro? It's not going to be butt gig. It's going to be someone else, right? Uh, probably... The money, you know, right now, I mean, their bench is thin, obviously, no question about that. You can't really point to any member of the uh, of the cabinet that, or at least currently constituted cabinet that would run against her. Buttigieg is someone that she would most likely fire. They have a terrible relationship. And obviously his, uh, his star is falling quite a bit with the uh, supply chain issues that are having right now. So she'd fire him. He would probably run, most likely run. Tulsi would probably run. And you probably also see Gavin Newsom throw his hat in the ring. Okay, why? What's the rift between Pete and Kamala? 
So they were always kind of opposed to each other, even going back to the primary. Basically, um, you know, she was saying, look, I'm the identity politics candidate. And he was trying to say, look, I'm the identity politics candidate. Um, remember, he went to a lot of money, a lot of big dollar money out there in California that she thought was hers by right. And they ended up supporting Buttigieg over her. And she has not forgotten that. A lot of that tech money. That is... Okay, is she really is she really referring to Joe Biden as the Titanic behind closed doors? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I understand why, but why? Yeah, well, basically that it's that it's that it's it's inevitable that what you're watching is the inevitable just play out. You know, the iceberg has hit and you're waiting, you're waiting, you're rearranging the deck chairs every day. But at the end of the day, the inevitable will happen. And nothing that Jill Biden or Ron Klain or Jen Psaki or any of these other people can do is going to solve what's happening there. This is the Titanic. So that part is true. The the stuff with the Pope and Joe Biden, I know there was a rumor going around. Uh, I've been told that is most likely not true, but um, it is it is hilarious. That is hilarious. Jack Basovic, thank you so much, man. Jesse, always a pleasure, my friend. All right. We'll be back. So say it with me. See, say quadre. The future is ours. Thank you. That's not how you say that, by the way. But joining me now is Jennifer Nassor. She's a Republican strategist and former chairman of the Massachusetts Republican Party. Jennifer, I mean, I don't want to be rude, but I'm a rude person, so I'm just going to come right out and say it. Jill Biden, it's not that I don't have reference for the first lady of the United States, I mean, the role itself, but she's not an elected official. Why is she everywhere? She's on the campaign trail. She sits down with Joe doing interviews. No one elected Jill to do a thing. Well, what Jill needs to do, though, is pull the little puppet strings, right? She needs to be there to hold his hand and to make sure that he doesn't mess up when he's having an interview. She needs to be the person who's getting the crowd excited because he can't do it. He's about to fall asleep. <laughs> he, is, he generally does fall asleep. He just did again yesterday. And uh, you know what? Let's, let's start with this here. I understand that uh, different spouses have different relationships, and I certainly don't get involved in anyone else's. Uh, but how do you let your husband go through this, Jennifer? I, I mean, I don't want to speak out of turn, but Joe Biden is very clearly something is wrong. I mean, anyone with two eyes and ears can see something is wrong, whatever that may be. Dementia, senality, I don't know. This is a man in his twilight years in need of rest and care and relaxation. How, as a wife, do you not step in and say, okay, let's, let's stop letting my husband embarrass himself in front of the entire planet? I mean, honestly, it's like it's elder abuse or spousal abuse. Yes. I mean, right? I, it, it seems as though she wants to embarrass him, so that way it just promotes her. I mean, look, you know, she, in, in, in um, you know, being nice to her, she does have a lot of energy. She is out there. She, and maybe she wants to write a book. She is a doctor, which 
as a professor, not a medical doctor. And she clearly wants more of a career. This is her one shining moment to get out there and to be something other than just Joe Biden's wife. And so she has to be the one who's out there and next to him and in all of these meetings. It is unprecedented. And let me tell you, Melania would never have been doing this. No, no, she wouldn't because she did the traditional things a first lady does. You know, go read books to kids, be an inspiration, be classy. Instead, she has to be right involved. I loved this interview with Univision. Watch this, Jennifer. Your administration has plans to open tents at Del Rio, a, a town close to the border. Can you confirm that? Right now, there's thousands of unaccompanied children coming across the border. In Texas, they opened up one, one that was a former of one used in the in the administration, the last administration. Our hope and expectation is that won't stay open very long, that we'll be able to provide for every kid who comes across the border safely to be housed in a facility that's licensed. And this administration is doing it in a humane way. And that's really important. I mean, we want to make sure that these children are safe, that they get mental health services, they get physical health services, they get education. Okay, again, Jennifer, not to be rude, who asked Jill Biden anything? Sit there and pipe down. Who, who asked? Joining me now, my friend Matt Schlapp. He's, of course, the chairman of the great American conservative union. Matt? You can't put into words how upset I've been with Joe Biden and all this mandate stuff, but on election day, they took a beating. They took an absolute beating, and yet they're still pushing forward with all the mandate stuff. Why? They can't uh, undo this kind of devil's compact that they signed with the far left. Uh, Just because they were humiliated uh, in these elections, by the way, all across the country, not just Texas and New Jersey, New Jersey was so tight, but all these school board races, all this defund the cops stuff, all of it, they were humiliated, but they're going to double down on this terrible policy agenda and they won't stop until we win a year from now. Matt, what recourse do people in states have that are blue or districts in, in, if you live in D.C.? What's, what recourse do people have? People are trapped. They're about to be, we're about to hemorrhage millions of jobs. Surely they do realize, someone in this administration realizes this is political suicide. Well, I think what you have in this administration is the next generation of young Trotskyites who uh, are running the show because the old guys, uh, you know, aren't really around, or at least the old guy, and they're true believers in this idea that America has to be transformed. And when you see a politician say America has to be transformed, it means America needs to be chucked. And we got to start over with something uh, more European in liking. And, uh, and so look, for us, the election of Glenn Youngkin in Virginia and this Republican majority in the House of Delegates was the difference between the state mandating that we vaccinate all of our kids and our neighbors must vaccinate all their kids in order to ever leave your basement or not. What happens in a blue state if they don't have this kind of electoral success? Uh, I tell you, Jesse, I feel very bad for the Americans who are being humiliated by having a fascist government tell them or a fascist corporation tell them how they should lead their lives. 
I agree. Uh, you know what? I'm going to play this little video for you, Matt. I know you've seen it, but I just want to drive home to everybody. This is the human being telling the country how they have to live. That's the President of the United States falling asleep during a conference. I was told, Matt, is it's, it's, it's the fate of the world is, is at stake there. This is so embarrassing. Forgetting Democrat, Republican, Matt, I'm so embarrassed that the President is not a fully functional adult. It just makes us look terrible. No, I agree. Look, it's some pretty boring stuff that they were talking about. I might have fallen asleep uh, myself, but in this case, you can't tell us that you said that the world is going to end in the next 11 minutes, and if they don't give a rousing speech, uh, we're all doomed, and then also either crap your pants or fall asleep uh, at the the meeting. I mean, this is not a highlight of American leadership around the globe. And the scary thing, Jesse, you know this is, there's some pretty, as was once said, bad hombres around the globe that want to do us in. And, uh, and this is what we're projecting. And it's, uh, I'll tell you one thing, the American people sent a message, they don't like it. Matt, I'm glad you brought that up too, because I, I, I try to convey this to people. You know this, obviously, you, you've, deal with, you've dealt with powerful people for a long time. People think they're somehow above this, but people make judgment calls based on how you are when they meet you or how, they, how you operate on television. I mean, Vladimir Putin, Xi Jinping, these guys see the commander-in-chief as not fully functional. I say it's a national security issue. I absolutely agree, and um, and the issue that they have is because they did not only made a devil's bargain with the far left, they made a devil's bargain with Obama to put Kamala Harris on the ticket. So what do you do? You got Joe Biden who clearly needs to step aside, but you got a vice president who doesn't even have the confidence of the West Wing staff. So then if you don't have either of those two ascend to power, well, then what's the third option? Oh, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, you know, these aren't a lot of good choices. They're not exactly projecting the fact that they're the party of new ideas, youth, or vigor. Um, you know, conservatives in this party and American First people, they've got the best opportunity to uh, to do the right thing for the country that they've ever had. It's a year away, and then two years after that. The question is, what will we do when we get that power, Jesse? Will we do the right things, or will we play stall ball four-corner defense, uh, offense. I don't know what it is we're going to do, but uh, we better do the right thing as there's going to be a political revolution in this country on the right as well. I agree. And I hate to to say things like, we have to act now. Yeah, I don't don't like sounding like a used car salesman, but we've been talking about Joe Biden. Let's be honest. Nancy Pelosi's 8,000 years old. Really, all the Democrat leadership in this country They're really old, and that's not an insult to old people, but Father Time is undefeated. The young Democrats, the crazy communists, they're all in their 30s, Matt. And when Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden are farting dust, those people are still going to be in Congress shaping the left. So we have, time is of the essence here. Time is of the essence, and the thing is, is this, what you realize when uh, these Marxists take over a country, they change all the rules on speech and they change all the rules on elections. And when the communists or the socialists or the Marxists, whatever you want to call them, take over these states, they change those rules overnight, just like they did in the state of New York. So you're right. We're kind of at the edge of the cliff here. And that's why Virginia was such a wake up call and such a wonderful, wonderful development. But we've got to keep the fight on going into next year. But we have to elect 
the type of Republican who in the end isn't really a Republican as much as they're just an American. We gotta elect people that think America is a good place worthy of fighting for, and that our founding was one of the greatest historical milestones free people have ever seen. If we can get that back, I think there's a lot of people out there uh, who are just tired of the constant charge of racism and all the other crap, quite honestly, that we've seen around our election. So I agree with you, there is actually not much time left. I'm not selling a car. I wanna save America. Matt, I, I'm glad you continue to bring this up. I hope we do something. I hope we do something. And I get people get frustrated with the Republican Party. I certainly do. I bash on them all the time. But I do feel like we are making gains. Maybe not as fast as you would yeah. like or I would like, but we are making gains, right? I mean, a lot of the losers are retiring, and we are replacing them with better Republicans. Here's, here's what's happening. Let's not talk about the politicians so much. Let's talk about the people in these communities, these brave moms and dads, these brave kids on campuses who are standing up with their hands shaking because they're not used to speaking publicly and they're saying that I'm not gonna let you go after my kids. And they're saying that I'm not gonna let you force me to vaccinate a five-year-old. And they're saying, I'm not gonna allow you to say that I'm a racist when I'm not. This is what's gonna save America. Quite honestly, it's not gonna be you or me. It's not gonna be a governor here or a governor there. It's gonna be these moms and dads and just individual Americans who are gonna stand up and save this country. Take back these school boards. Whoever would have thought that the most important election in our country is who sits on that school board. And then you start to project out from there. Who is the county prosecutor? Who's running these communities? Uh, I love what I'm seeing. I actually, I feel so optimistic because it's ordinary Americans that are gonna save this country. Agreed. All right, one more on Joe and Kamala. Clearly there's quite a rift there. Uh, Jill, everyone knows yeah. by now, Jill hates Kamala Harris. The Democratic Party can't keep Joe around all four years, I don't think, right? But Kamala Harris is not exactly likable either. Where are they going here, Matt? So uh, the Jill Biden feud started when Kamala Harris took to that debate stage and in front of millions of Americans called Joe Biden a racist who opposed busing. She even said that he opposed her ability to be bused to a school. We all know she's not African-American, so it was kind of weird. But anyway, um, the, uh, they, that rift started then. It has never healed. The divisions in the West Wing are 10 times worse than they ever were during the Trump years. You wouldn't know that by the coverage because the coverage won't cover all the gossip behind it. But the vice president's staff's at war with the president's staff. The vice president continues to refuse to stand by him during these important moments. She's running her own operation inside the White House, and they're not acting as a team. And once again, this is bad for a lot of reasons, but it's really bad when it comes to our uh, national security. There needs to be a projection of strength and unity from this administration overseas. And so the rift that are between the president and the vice president, I think it's getting to the point where, you know, Clearly, Joe Biden can't run again. The question is, how much longer can he govern on fumes? And then what do they do about this big question of Kamala Harris? When you pick a vice president because she checks the right boxes, what do you do, Jesse, when you want to get rid of that vice president? They're in quite a pickle. Match lap, everybody. Thank you so much, Matt. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, Jesse. All right. Final thoughts. Next.
These are the people who run our country. Joe Biden, Jill Biden, Kamala Harris. Isn't it amazing how awful they are? And I'm not just saying that from a Democrat or Republican perspective, left, right, communist. I'm, I'm not saying that. Just what genuinely awful people we have who lead the United States of America. I don't want to get down because it's the end of the show. And you know, I'm, not, I'm not trying to bring everyone down. Normally we do lighten the mood here. But wrap your mind around the fact we have a half-functional adult male a clearly wildly ambitious bride of his who is calling lots of the shots. That's that package. And then when they cart poor Joe out the back and force him to retire, we have Kamala Harris taking over. Gosh, <laughs> that is a bad state of affairs. All right, we'll do it again tomorrow. <laughs> If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.